Welcome to Authorized, a podcast where we odiously discuss the novelization of any film fortunate enough to have one. Novelizations are, look, what are you going to do as this writer working with this source material? I am willing to throw shade on a novelization. I'm not afraid to like totally, totally fuck one up if it's bad. But when you're working off this script and it turns out halfway cogent, I kind of dig it. So novelizations are good. They make sense from start to finish, which is more than movies can claim. We are your hosts, a loose coalition of novelization enthusiasts. My name is Andrew Overby. I'm Johnny Pomato. I'm Andrew Marco. I'm Hannah Blackman. Jurassic World Dominion No Colon is a 2022 science fiction action film directed by Colin Trevorrow. It follows everyone, little, literally every character you could possibly imagine who's still alive, and then some. And mostly it follows the most boring of the two, Owen Grady and Claire Deering. That's her last name? Really? I had mm-hmm. no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Face the horror of witnessing the kidnap of Maisie Lockwood, a child they themselves kidnapped, but then decided to raise. She's a clone. Never forget. They won't shut up about it. <laughs> Maisie becomes the prisoner of Biosyn, a nefarious tech company that's definitely not the actual Jurassic Park company is that other one, but they're posing as environmental guardians when they are in fact environmental saboteurs. When the trio from the original Jurassic Park film are best friends, Alan Grant, Ian Malcolm, and Ellie Sattler launch a covert investigation into Biosim, they discover Maisie as well as the company's evil designs. Can a gaggle of characters too large to fit into any one shot emerge from Biosim's dinosaur experimentation preserve alive? And why did we do a plot where all the dinosaurs escaped into the world if most of the film was going to take place in a new park anyway? Good questions. Thank you. The the junior novelization of Jurassic World Dominion was adapted by David Lumen from a script by Emily Carmichael and Colin Trevorrow. It was released by Random House this past Tuesday, and Andrew Overby didn't tell any of us about it and didn't ask any of us to read it. Okay, so this is what (laughs) happens with the authorized podcast. I'm very enthusiastic. I have a lot of time on my hands. I am an addict. And I just send messages out to people all day, every day, being like, do you want to read this book? Do you want to also read this book? How about we do this bonus episode? Whatever. It's way too much. It's overwhelming. So sometimes when I really want to read a book for an episode that doesn't need a book. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to burden them. I'll just, we'll do a fun <laughs> bonus episode on a movie that we all love, Jurassic World Dominion. And then I'll just add some insights from the book. Does it take away your opportunity to choose? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Here's the great irony. I might have actually read this book. I might have preferred to read the book than see the film. Uh, and I, I guess I've opted for neither. It is the preferable of the two experiences, in my opinion. Um, yeah, because I'll, you, I'll hearing Chris way. Pratt described is better than seeing and hearing Chris Pratt do anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You could almost pretend he's someone else if you're reading a book. Yeah, recast him. Go for it. Like, yeah, anyone can Please. play him in this movie now. Yeah. Not to give away the game completely as to what my opinion about this book is, but it's real saving grace or its real strength is that the movie is this giant 
thing with like so many plots, so many characters, so many tendrils, and the book is forced to present itself to children. And so in dumbing it down and streamlining it, it becomes like a story that a person can understand, which makes it better than the film. I sat next to a 10 year old who for the first 45 minutes was pretty engaged and had a lot of questions, like so many fucking questions. Then he got so bored that he stopped asking questions. And the only question he asked, <laughs> asked in the last two hours of movie was, is Laura Dern Bryce Dallas Howard's mom? To which his <laughs> grandmother, I think, said, no. <laughs> End of engagement. I'm surprised this child was engaged for 45 minutes because when this movie started with a YouTube video, like a, <laughs> like a news story YouTube video, they'd already lost me. It's like, this is how we're doing exposition in this movie? <laughs> And I agree. And, I, and oh, so so I did not. I I I am culturally aware of what happened in the first two Jurassic World pictures, but I never saw the first two Jurassic World pictures. Was this new exposition, or were they re-explaining stuff that had already happened? The only new stuff is that Biosyn is like doing stuff. That's all, and the rest of it is like there was a park. It went wrong. There was a mansion. It went wrong. So before we continue. <laughs> I just have a couple things to say about David Loom and the author. Really, just so few, so few things to say. I tweeted at him very thirstily the other day. I don't know if you guys saw it, but this guy has like an absolute monopoly on the big studio movie junior novelization. He has written recently, just this year, this one, Dominion. He's written, I guess this was last year, Space Jam 2. And he did the Batman prequel that I covered. Oh. He's all over the place. Your best buddy. So, David Lumen, I'm assuming you don't log on to Twitter because I know you would have responded to me. But if you hear this, you're. I really want you unauthorized. I want to hear about all the constraints that are put upon you that you probably aren't allowed to talk about anyway. Come unauthorized. Ruin your career. We love your work. <laughs> Andrew, so help me if you make me watch Space Jam 2. I, I, you know. <laughs> did did David Lumen also do the junior novelization of the Book of Henry? Oh, boy. Uh, do, I, I doubt that exists, but I, I would read it. I would read it. Oh, I would read from the Book of Henry any day over no, this. pass. Would not. Yeah, that makes my blood boil. So, uh, <laughs> okay, Jurassic World. Dominion. Oh, my opening question. Didn't just a few dinosaurs escape from the mansion in the second one? Just a few? That was my How recollection. Many dinosaurs were in the mansion to begin with. Like 20. Yeah, no more than that, I would say. But did they have the DNA stuff that. Like, didn't. Uh, what's his. Because uh, what's his name? Uh, who? What is BD Wong's character? Henry name? Wu. Henry Wu. Henry who should Wu. be in jail. Who I never thought would be like the character to be in like all of the Jurassic World and Park <laughs> movies. He, at the end, doesn't he like have the dinosaur DNA with him throughout these movies? He turns evil in the first Jurassic World movie or reveals himself to be like, oh, with Hammond out of the way, now I can be king of the dinosaurs. And uh, he seems to be like in the first one, he's making deals with Vincent D'Onofrio, who's promptly eaten. And then I think he's in the second one. And then whoever he's dealing with in that, Toby Jones, also eaten. Uh, so, uh, but but B.D. Wong always escapes in his helicopter to live another day and try to, you know, 
do he something. should go to jail. He is clearly the problem. And the thing about Dominion is it goes, what if you thought he was the most sympathetic character in the film? This movie <laughs> loves him and he's a piece yeah. of trash. But yeah, we did love up. him in the first Jurassic Park movie. It, it's in one scene. It, it's, it's one scene, but it's a really pivotal scene where it's like, oh, this is a passionate scientist who was lucky enough to score this this gig of a lifetime making dinosaurs. And uh, he's really good in what maybe five minutes of screen time. Uh, That's true. So bringing him back, I think, was kind of a cool move. When I saw that he was in Jurassic World, uh, you know, like just in the cast list, I thought, oh, that's cool. B.D. Wong is back. And uh, what I saw, you know, what they did with him, uh, I, I just started to like him less and less and less. Well, by this movie, there's a point where he says, like, you have to let me fix my mistake. And it's like, man, you've made like 40 fatal mistakes. <laughs> Which one are you talking about? You know, speaking of uh, characters with less than five minutes of screen time in the original Jurassic Park, who are pivotal to the Jurassic World series, can we talk about Dodson? Dodson! We got Dodson here. Wait, yeah, okay. Wait, is this supposed to be the same guy? Because I sort of got the name. Before we do this, Hannah, it, it has to be said yes. that we're all coming to this from various experience levels so me a guy who hasn't who hadn't seen jurassic park before authorized i've now seen all you read a novelization before you ever saw the movie sure i've now seen all of them hannah you've also seen all of them marco you just haven't seen the first two jurassic worlds and johnny i've seen enough videos to know all about them johnny with the podcast blessing uh, has not seen this newest one we're doing the episode on. So, Johnny, there's some things that I am very excited to explain to you. Yes, I, I have a one, lot of questions. The first one is that the villain of this movie appears to be Dodgson from Jurassic Park 1. And by appears to be, I mean, that's his name. I mean, it's, it is the same character name. They did not bring back the original actor because I believe he's in jail for, like... Sex crimes, yeah. Being a... Yeah. But a oh, also, yikes. they did not bring back any performance choice, any physical resemblance. It is literally right. just, it's like, Campbell we Scott. are calling a is new right? man... Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yes. It's, it's Campbell Scott playing, like, Steve Jobs. I, I was I wondering think if Campbell Scott is one of the best brother. performances in the movie. <laughs> I, I love me some Scott. Yeah, yeah he, uh, he's a uh, good genes. making choices, which is more than we can say for our leads, and that's fun. I have to push back on Marco here. In a world where every villain now is a Steve Jobs ripoff, this guy is obviously Tim Cook. <laughs> okay, you mean Tim Apple? Tim Apple, yeah. He's like he's got he's got that he's got that look he's got that delivery. It's the hairline, yeah, yeah. It's it's a very weird performance. I mean, should we run down this plot? For yes, Johnny? that was my first question. If you could just give me like the thirty second overview, and then we can get into the nitty gritty. Just just so I can see the yeah, trajectory. Yeah, or we can in walk through this thing because every part's crazy. No, what were okay. you gonna say? Hannah? Yeah, I was gonna say here's the plot. There's these locusts. Okay. <laughs> I, I uh, have it's heard it's locust centric, um, and I, I, I yes, don't know what the that most means. Locust centric movie since Exorcist Two: The Heretic. Oh, very good, very good. I, uh, I was going to say uh, Days of Heaven, but no, no, I like your pull. All right, so you saw the last movie, right? Yes, I, I saw Jurassic Park World and Jurassic World um, 
Man- Fallen Mansion. Kingdom. Yeah, Fallen Kingdom. Uh, I wish Mansion. it was Haunted yes. Mansion. That would be better. <laughs> and I decided that's enough. That that that's quite enough for me. Thank you. Uh, I don't need to see any more of this Jurassic Park world that you have created, Mr. Trevorrow. Uh, uh, you know, the the less Chris Pratt in my life, the better. The less Colin Trevorrow in my life, the better. Uh, and I uh, decided that I will just glean the film from your voices. You know, three people who I like, as opposed to uh, do I like anyone in this movie? Uh, Campbell Scott. We're really the. Jurassic Park trio of your friendship. Yeah. I mean, Andrew's obviously Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Hannah is Hannah, who do you want to <laughs> Um No, I'll take Laura Dern. I'm fine I, with that. I would switch yeah, it. I, like I would put Marco really? as Dern and I'd put you as Grant. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Cause I'm grumpy? What is it? Just don't don't dig too deep. So <laughs> um, you love little like ascots. I do love ascots. I've gotten very into a silk scarf. I, I think to the best of our ability, it, it might serve us to kind of start from the beginning here. As Marco says, we have news stories that are like, here's what happened in Fallen Kingdom. A few animals got out, but also we're insisting that means that the world is like overrun with dinosaurs. Uh, I was curious so, how they breeded so quickly to be worldwide. It's been we'll four years. years. Oh, four years. Okay. Well, you know, these things are like bunnies, right? Well, also all female, breeding, but I, I think, right? Yeah. Well, li- life well, finds a way as well, we, as we know. It, it is established that things can breed asexually in this, but yeah, you have to assume it's the thing from the first movie where life is finding a way, but I don't know because there's so many, one, and they just don't bother di- to explain it to be there's true. lots of dinosaurs in this movie but i feel like there are more dinosaur breeds than there were in any of the jurassic parks mm. yeah like i don't know where they're getting all these dinosaur breeds other than whoever made this movie saying you know what we haven't seen yeah. this dinosaur or this dinosaur yeah i don't need it i like my old-timey dinosaurs <laughs> they're all i need yeah like five breeds that's good enough the um the novelization does clarify that Blue, who has a child in this, specifically reproduced asexually. The movie says that. The movie Great. says that too. That's Great. a big plot point. Great. Also, the the child of Blue is named Beta, which I think is a stupid name. <laughs> yeah, really stupid. <laughs> Baby Blue is sitting right there for the taking. Or just another shade of blue. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like a perfectly cute little dinosaur. Like if Blue Head is big. Was named Alpha. Yeah, and then I guess Blue is the alpha of that Velociraptor team that all die in the first movie. Yes. Is and Blue is still friends with Chris Pratt like cuz uh, Okay, because it yeah, well, they're like former coworkers at this <laughs> Yeah, point. there was like a moment where it's like, "Oh, Blue would never turn on me." And then like the T-Rex or or what the the big one in the first movie like says, "Hey Blue, go go eat those people." And then Blue says, "Okay." And then Chris Pratt says, "Oh no, now I have to run away from Blue." Yeah, the worst thing in any of these Jurassic World movies is the idea that you can tame a dinosaur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a mistake. It's really stupid. It gets worse and worse every time. Yeah, the second I saw Chris Pratt on a motorcycle alongside dinosaurs, like, you know, whatever <laughs> it's been six years ago, I just thought, oh, no. Oh, no. I just wanted him to get chomped. Don't worry, so he bad. does it on a horse this oh. time. And then Anna, again on a motorcycle, actually. The, yeah. uh, the training thing. I yeah. hate as well. I think watching this movie that what I realized is that it needed to go way further. 
So we needed to see, okay, there are many aspects to training a dinosaur. And instead, what these three movies have kind of established is that if you hold your hand up, they might not kill you. And they like lights. And that's it, basically. <laughs> and I can't tell yeah. you, there's a, people love to make fun of the hand thing and Chris Pratt standing with the hand. It's so dumb. I'm just going to also make fun of it. I think it's so stupid that this movie series has basically created what they're trying to have as like their iconic gesture. And it's an existing gesture. It's like if I made like a Blade Runner type movie and I was like, their secret language is a thumbs up. It's like, that's a thing. You can't just use that. That's a thing. And the fact that he can just do halt to any dinosaur and it basically works. And in this movie... It is any dinosaur, not, yeah, that, which not is, one that he's trained. Not not just Blue, yeah. his buddy? No. The okay. first movie makes it pretty clear that he's like developed a lifelong relationship with the Velociraptors, and <laughs> yes. that's part of why he has some control over them. And then in this movie, he's but, like, oh, no, a Carnotaurus, are... stop. And they're like, yeah, okay. The Velociraptors are also more intelligent. So yeah. the idea being that they might be able to communicate through training, whereas like a T-Rex is dumb. It just wants to eat. There's a couple points in this movie where I did think like Blue is getting really tired of this guy. <laughs> yeah, like she's pretty well, sick Blue, of it. Blue is barely in this movie. They should bring her with them, and they sh they should have to fit a Velociraptor through scientific lab hallways. <laughs> my opinion. The only way I could get behind this concept of like, oh yeah, the dinosaurs are trainable, and like sometimes Chris Pratt holds up his hand and says to stop, and they do. It's like this needs to follow a grizzly man trajectory, where like you know, there's a yes! lot of like, yes! no, no. No, Mr. Chocolate. No, no, Mr. Blue. And then eventually, <laughs> at the very end, one of them has had enough and says, you know what? I'm going to eat this guy. Chris Pratt deserves to get eaten by a dinosaur more than anyone I've ever <laughs> seen in one of these movies. And in the movie, would Werner Herzog just sit at a table and listen to it? That's the climax. <laughs> Him with headphones saying, oh, listen to this. Oh, Ian Malcolm, <laughs> never, never listen to this. Promise me, promise me, Ellie Sattler, that you'll never listen. Yeah, that's my Herzog, everyone. That was great. <laughs> Give me the baby. When we open this movie, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is like basically doing activist shit. Because now With dinosaurs... characters who were in the last movie, right? I believe I you. At least Justice Smith, I remember, clearly is in the previous movie. The girl, I assumed, was, but didn't remember. She Is There's... she the clone girl? No, this oh. is just like another lady who's helping, mm -hmm. helping her out. So, Johnny, they're like rescuing captured dinosaurs cute, who cute poachers puppets. are grabbing. So cute. Really cute. cute babies. The but I wanted... are good in this. I want to start to make my case here because it's evident from like scene one that this movie has these weird vestigial limbs from previous drafts in it. Mm. And the first one is that when they rescue the dinosaur, they're like, what should we do with it or something? And uh, one of the people that Bryce Dallas Howard's working with is like, oh, don't, don't you still have some weird thing with Owen Grady? And she's like, uh, I, yeah, I guess. I, I wouldn't call it weird. She gets all self-conscious. And you're like, oh, what's their relationship? Like, how has their relationship progressed in four years? Are they, are they estranged? Like, what's happening? And then the rest of the movie is like, they are in romantic bliss. There is nothing. Yeah, they've been together the whole time. They're smooching constantly. 
Andrew, this They're is not a Richard Linklater film. We're not going <laughs> to find them at any different place than we left them. But no, but I think that that line does indicate that there was something else going on at some point. Otherwise, they'd be like, talk to Owen. You live with and love Owen. Let me try and wrangle this. Like, she and Owen are in a secret house in a secret Alaska or whatever with this secret it's young girl. It's like the Sierra Nevadas or something. Okay, yeah, I don't know where I'm from. Man. Was that your house? It's John? snowy. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm from the Sierra Nevadas, so maybe I should see this movie. Just kidding. Uh, no. Um, so like maybe she's like, oh no, we're keeping it on the download. I was like, what you do with Owen again? She's like, uh, nothing. We don't see each other ever. And then they go home and bone. I don't know. Like okay. that's the only way to make that fit at all, but it doesn't because clearly they are in love. Yeah. And together. Just completely a thing. Um, Co-parenting the whole deal. She goes home to Owen. I need a refresher. I need mm-hmm. a refresher on what the fuck is up with the clone girl. I don't remember. I don't remember who she's a clone of. This is how bad I'm doing. They explain it in this movie. No, but James I don't remember the Cromwell's plot significance daughter? of Charlotte. Yeah, that's it's my James that's my problem. Cromwell's daughter's clone. And James Cromwell, if I remember correctly, was like Hammond's partner who we never saw, never heard about, but like was there the whole time. To be fair, yeah. do we do we need to hear from him in the original Jurassic Park? Uh, no. Surely, Jurassic Park 2, you'd think like, oh, that's the guy. The guy who's doing Jurassic Park 2 would right. be the guy who's James Cromwell, but it's not. Also, what, so this clone girl, what do we think of her as like a performer? She I, Was she good when she was younger? I'm not sure it's the same actress. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah? It is. She's okay. terrible, and then she shows up as the other her that she got cloned from, and she's good. And it's like, wait. How, why agree. are you good now? What's happening? Like, why are you right. giving the worst performance if you have this in you? Wait, wait, I think it's wait. Because the script yeah, wants Johnny, her to be like. Johnny needs to no, no. <laughs> I mean, well, let Hannah. But I mean, I, I thought she got cloned because, like, her original self died. But they're mm-hmm. like doing a multiplicity thing here, where they're it's there's two of them. Video footage. No, she. She sees a lot of video oh, footage okay. of we, her mom. When you first hear who is her. the last one that she's like a clone, I think it's supposed to be like she's a clone. But in this one, she's just like an asexually created child. Yeah, she's an she, artificially she inseminated child. She impregnated herself with her clone. Gotcha. Classic they also situation. say that this happened in 2005, which I guess makes sense, but feels fucking crazy. Well, we're in a universe, Hannah, where dinosaurs are alive. I mean, I know. I don't know. I guess I my brain had said, well, the the original her died as a young person in like the the mid 90s at the latest. And this one's like, no, she was a full grown adult and had a baby. And you're like, oh, oh. it just like, I don't know, <laughs> shook me a little. It was not. It wasn't, I don't know, it like upended my expectations that were based on text in the previous movie, you know? And this is just the kid now, because it, it, am I uh, right in thinking we never heard Hyde nor Hale of the, uh, uh, the the two nephews in the first movie whose mom was Judy Greer? Like, because they yes, were supposed they just to be home. the kids. They, they're, they're the new uh, kids they of the franchise. They didn't take Johnny. I, I guess not. I, I remember them <laughs> being rather well. annoying. They were really mopey about like their parents getting divorced. Well, and like, one of them You're looking Ty at Sheridan? dinosaurs. Yeah, it is. Oh, what? But it's funny. Be- it is Ty Sheridan. But it's funny because in this one, there's a picture 
like there was like a picture of Jake Johnson and Lauren Lapkus at one point in this movie. Yeah, they, they were in the first movie. Lauren Lapkus's so, face at one point. And they were yeah, one of the high like, points. I don't remember that. They were like but effective like, comic relief. And I know they're in the first one, so like are they just referencing like those people but the kids are just dead? Okay. Like they don't exist anymore in this franchise. Even Tim and Lex came back in Jurassic yeah. Park 2. And they I feel like there's no good that. reason that Tim and Lex aren't in this movie. If we're bringing everybody I in, I, I want mean, Joe Mazzello. I, or get get William H. Macy back. Hells yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give me Jurassic Park 3, too. Alessandro and Abella? Yeah. We're only yeah, a few years Billy, in the world we Billy. live in. In the world we live in now, we are only a few years away from them being like reclaiming Jurassic Park 3 and you know, all those actors are in the next legacy sequel, and we're talking about how much we loved this movie back in the day. I think we're still in a world where we're working on reclaiming two. I mean, we live in a crazy reality where people shit on two like it's like this incredible disappointment after one. And you go watch that movie, and it has these breathtaking set pieces it has this incredible direction like wonderful acting yeah it's hokey but it's like very deliberately hokey and right. we are not ready to reclaim three people like we're we're yeah. trying to get to a point where people are ready to go to the lost world yeah i mean i i think one is superior still but and i don't usually love yeah Yanush, obviously but i think yanush's cinematography in that movie in terms of shooting digital elements and making them sort of integrated is some of the best ever. Two looks great. Yeah. Two features our favorite character, Ian Malcolm. What uh, more do Vince, you want? You're not saying Vince Vaughn? Uh, oh, my character? favorite boy in the world, Richard Vince Vaughn, Schiff? yes. I, I, yeah, I Pete did Puzzle's like Schiff. Sweet. I, I will say, uh, as as someone who I do not hate to, but I, I was in the camp of being somewhat disappointed by it. I think it has some good set pieces and I, I think that things like the uh, the the trailer dangling over the cliff. The last time I watched it, I thought I remember this being better and looking better. I, I the, the the digital glass cracking like really bothered me this time around. Maybe like my television was in too high a definition for it. Um, yeah, lower it. Yeah, and <laughs> I and I just remember thinking Smooth like smooth that motion. Of all the things that you could do with the sequel, I, I just felt like it it all was a bit of a missed opportunity. Like the wrong people die. Like you have a big game hunter on the island and he like learns his lesson and like decides to be a better person and stop hunting dinosaurs. Like, no, he's he he should be dinosaur food. And then like poor Richard Schiff gets torn in half. And um and Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, the, and the you know, Hammond's son being like the the villain, uh is it Arliss Howard? I don't even remember. Yes. Um I don't know. And uh, and then the the thing stomping through San Diego. It's like all of this should be more fun than it is. I I, I just prefer the sleekness of three. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're, you're insane. Yeah. Well, we're back on the island, and it's you know, there's I think not an ounce of fat. I on have it. two on my bookshelf, and we're gonna do it. That's oh boy. Book, yeah, I love two. I'm ready to go to bed. You should read two. the book, The Lost World, Andrew. Because yeah, it's, it's, it's the entirety of Jurassic Park. Basically. It's amazing. Yeah. Hmm. The Crichton novels are so freaking good. They're so weird. They're amazing. I do think that the difference between the Jurassic Park trilogy and our Jurassic World trilogy is that Jurassic World feels that they absolutely must have a human villain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's not necessary. It's a huge mistake. The villain is fucking dinosaurs and they want to eat you. And they're so committed to like a human villain with malicious intent that then you're glad when they get eaten 
that they can't nail it and it's just disappointing every time the human villain gets eaten and you're like oh god okay whatever you know it should be I feel like you should be on sort of tenterhooks the whole movie of who's going to get eaten mm-hmm. instead of clearly having good guys, bad guys, yeah. bad guys get eaten. And, and nobody this film, dies in this movie. There's like except so, the bad guy. There's like two right, people, exactly. but there's Who basically no death to make me go. Oh, this is a scary world in which people can die. Well, yeah, it's there's shocking. one guy in Italy who's a background extra who gets eaten. Oh, the guy who's on a Segway who just yeah, gets eaten. That's while, fucking he, brutal. He's oblivious to dinosaurs around him, and <laughs> dinosaurs just chomps him. Yeah, my mom gasped in the movie theater at that. Oh, there's the so bad guy in the dinosaur. So Johnny, right? There's, there's a, a bad guy in the dinosaur market. pit. Mm-hmm. There's a dinosaur black market where they're like selling baby dinosaurs, fighting dinosaurs. There was one like eating dinosaurs, like snake situation going on where there was like a really cute dinosaur. And a really scary dinosaur that they were fighting each other. Oh, like a, mm-hmm. a compy and a, and a somebody mongoose. has a pet. It has like a real big head, but it looks like a bird. Amazing, red puppet. And um, they were, yeah, they were eating dinosaurs. And well, yeah, I thought that the whole appeal of what this movie was finally going to be, even though it doesn't make any sense mathematically, uh, is that like you're walking down 28th Street and then all of a sudden, like uh, a raptor just nails you because they're everywhere and that so that's not it that's like what the opening five the minute first montage five minutes of the movie wants you to that. think that that's what the movie yeah. will be all that opening is essentially stuff for the trailers that doesn't happen like pterodactyls landing in the freedom tower Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what happened in the last movie. It, it, is the trailer for Fallen Kingdom was like, "Ooh, a, a, a T Rex taking on a lion." And I remember my brother-in-law because I, I went to an early screen of uh, Fallen Kingdom. My brother-in-law said, "Hey, hey, what happens with that uh, T Rex and lion?" I said, "I'll tell you in the next movie, maybe because that is the end of the movie. That's like the last <laughs> shot." And they just yeah. knew that they had a dud on their hands, so they put all that final montage in the trailer and then basically said we promise next time this is what we're doing and then well they don't don't. first five minutes is like oh no dinosaurs are rampaging the world minute six is like we've captured all the big predators and put them in a wildlife preserve we're still trying to scoop up the last few really big ones that are causing troubles otherwise it's like a couple of compies some cute little ones that eat plants and that are like ducks you can live with that yeah but yeah like minute six they're like nope don't worry about it. Under control. And the movie pivots to very much being about Owen Grady and Claire Deering living in a cabin with a little clone girl that they yes. insist yeah. is their daughter in a way that I find very creepy. They mm-hmm. took her, and at one point in the movie, late in the movie, as like an inspirational moment when they're trying to save her, Owen says to Claire, go get her, you're her mom. And I was like, this is like a crazy kidnapping couple yeah i've seen this lifetime movie like this does not end well (laughs) oh yeah oh no and she is Maisie lockwood is understandably well one she's like 14 so she's a teenager but she's just like you guys are just like keeping me captive in this she's not into it basically yeah she's like i'm not allowed to have a life i'm not allowed to have friends i don't know what i'm doing here this absolutely sucks i'd like to leave and they're like no you can't. Although I think bad people will want her. Well, I mean, I guess her what? family is dead, but also the state of the world is all her fault. Like that's the twist of the last movie is she's the one who lets the dinosaurs out because I'm paraphrasing. She ha- says something like uh, they're clones just like me. We're the same or something. 
stupid. Where, yeah, uh, her clone situation is so fucking stupid. Uh, yeah, I, I, everyone instantly hated this girl in the last movie. I can't believe they brought her back. Like, like anyone was going to be wondering, hey, what happened to the, the clone girl? No one was. That. Not only did they bring her back, they doubled down. Oh. Like she is in more of the movie instead of being like a cute child she's like an annoying 14 year old who's very moody yeah. and very like spunky so she i think she and she, she's burdened with a script that wants her to be like i'm cool and aloof and i know what i'm doing so whatever which is not fun to watch it's also annoying because she spends most of her time with the characters from the original jurassic park so you have to watch alan yeah. grant and like who don't know anything about her, have no relationship with her, don't care about her, except that she's a human child. Well, and if I know one thing about Alan Grant is that he loves kids. He's better about them in this one. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess that's his arc. He's better with kids. And he's good with kids in the third one. Yeah, yeah. He's good with that boy. How do we feel about his accent? Worse. Uh Uh-oh. It's a a completely different accent, I feel like. Mm-hmm. He's been doing too many Taika Waititi movies. Yeah, it's been a while since Sam Neill has been American, I feel. I mean, you don't see him as much anymore anyway. Um, and and boy, do I miss him. I mean, he he is probably the most tantalizing thing about this movie. Uh, I'm sure you'll you know talk me out of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, he used to be everywhere, you know, for even from like uh, uh, the Omen Three, like it, that that guy was pretty well established by the time the first uh, Jurassic Park came out. He was almost a James Bond. Yes, he was. I was about to say, what could have been? Mm. Here's my uh, ranking of the okay. original three Jurassic Park stars in this movie. Okay, Inter- is this a performance ranking? It's like a I'm interested in the character ranking. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's like a in- engaging ranking. Uh, Dern in first. Just like doing fine. Just there. I believe her. I believe that's the same character. Uh, Neil in second. He just feels he's not that interesting, but he feels like frustrated in a way that just feels real. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that same guy. Just more tired. And then Goldblum, kind of a complete disappointment for me. I felt like they they handed him a million quips that were just underbaked to the point where I was like, is that a joke? Yeah, he's given the least to go off to like work with. It's also like they bring back these three characters, never let them talk to each other in a meaningful way, never have scenes where they're like, how's it going? Have you been? I miss you. Like they just have no, they just show up and like, let's do business, dinosaur business. It's plot, There's none plot, of that plot, nice yeah. little like character building stuff that the first one is so rich in. I, just like, I, oh, love, I love Jeff Goldblum, but there is a misconception of like, oh, if we get Jeff Goldblum in our movie, he's going to do his thing and like really liven it up. And it's like, just because you pay Jeff Goldblum, that's not always enough. Like he, he needs to care. And I don't think he cares about this. He didn't care about his lunch break cameo at the, in the last movie where he had this weird ass beard that was clearly that for was another awful. project. Yeah. Uh, and then he certainly didn't care when he came back for independence day too yeah they met his quote there but like that guy was <laughs> looking at his watch the whole time he did not want to be involved so it's like you can't just put jeff goldblum in your movie and have him like do his thing yeah you, you, you gotta say give him something of, to work with of those movies you've mentioned though he was more invested in this than the other ones and maybe it's like I, the only time i laughed in this movie was when jeff goldblum came up to the gate and said i didn't know there would be a code yeah it felt very jeff goldblum um it's yeah the whole thing with them is weird i i'm 
as much as I'm like there were no stakes in this movie, nobody died. I am grateful they did not kill off any of the characters I like mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I, it's it's terrible when you have to watch like a bad legacy sequel and someone you like gets killed off because that's what you do in the legacy sequel. Mm-hmm. So they all made it, but it there's also like to die. There's like 40 characters in this movie. There's room for people to get eaten. Yeah. Like sort of the magic of the first one is that there's like 10 characters. So every death means a lot. And with this one, there's literally 50 people. Anybody could get eaten. And you'd be like, oh, yay, cool, exciting. Well, I think so who's the who's the mole inside of Biosyn? Ramsey. Ramsey is that character's name. I've seen him in stuff before, I feel like. Nice guy should get eaten. I yeah, have a like problem. He should be the sacrificial lamb in this movie. I would love yeah. where he 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 has to die to like let everyone else escape or something. And he should get chopped by dinosaurs or the pilot or somebody like somebody. What's the deal with that pilot? What is okay. her backstory? Hannah, that's, <laughs> it that's feels like there's say. something there. So Johnny, I know that we're just throwing a million things at you, but there's a, a pilot in this movie that when Maisie gets kidnapped, which is the 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 thrust of the movie. Um, a pilot sees her during like an exchange, feels bad about not intervening, and then her. Well, she drove the 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 dinosaur to the exchange. Sure, okay, she's involved somehow, but she's not the kidnapper. I guess is the point. Um, and she basically feels bad about having a chance to do something and not doing it. Spends the rest of the movie, uh, helping Chris Pratt and Bryce get their kid back. And <laughs> the thing is that that character that feels flimsy as hell to me that character and ramsey are these characters they introduce and they're like new characters how fun they're really sympathetic and helpful but we're not going to flesh out why at all they do not have motivation they're just like mm-hmm. complete blank slates that show up and even it's one of the funny things about the pilot character is that chris pratt and bryce are like why are you helping us and she's like don't ask questions don't ask questions like, do you want the help? And and they're like, yeah, it's just weird. What's what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's a problem. And that character sticks with them through thick and thin. When if I was her, I'd be like, I got you here. I'm done. Yes. These dinosaurs are bad. I'm peeling and, out. Thank you. It's crazy because they brought back a guy from the last, the first movie, right? One of his Velociraptor trainer buddies. Yes. Omar Why Sy, deeply guy, underused. That guy doesn't die. Correct. Like why? That's where you. I was. You can raise the stakes with him dying or something. There was a second when I was like, if Omar Sy gets eaten, I'm walking out of the theater. <laughs> they don't so... even kill that lady who's like, reminds me of uh, Vanessa Kirby in Mission Impossible. Yeah, she should also get eaten, and she, she fucking just does gets it. Arrested. No one in Jurassic her, Park gets her arrested. Fake raptors should eat her. Part of whatever me, those things are. Part of me ah. wonders if. Uh, the strategy behind this it, it, in our modern days of blockbusters, and I know that this is the last film of the trilogy, but y- y- you know, y- you know how that works. Uh, I wonder if so neatly. <laughs> I, I wonder if the studio is really afraid to commit to killing someone off because you never know who is going to pop. And I, I also wonder if uh, if the reason that Neil Dern or Goldblum don't die is because. Uh, you know, maybe the Pratt uh, storyline has ended, but this franchise clearly has a future, a, a new rebooted trilogy. And maybe the plan is to bring back, you know, 
er, the only people that anyone ever likes from this and actually let them be the movie because it sounds like they're rather inconsequential in this film. Uh, I have heard some they rumors. They have their own B-plot going on. It's a B-plot, but isn't it kind of an expendable B-plot? I've heard yeah, that- Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, I, I, someone I know said that it felt like they, uh, the you know, maybe the negotiations weren't like, you know, uh, going quickly or whatever, and they they didn't know if they were going to have to excise this plot, so it couldn't you know tie too much into the the main story. Uh, and yeah, I it, it sort of makes sense that they are alive at the end of it because I think that the only reason you uh, an, an original character ever gets killed like from a legacy sequel is if they don't ever want to do any of these movies ever again. Harrison Ford uh, and I, I bet David they would Arquette all be felt that way. You, which one, David Arquette? Do we think he felt he never wanted to do another one of those? Uh, Yeah, that's a good point. I think that, uh, yes, I think he would have loved to have come back for more, but I think (laughs) that he is also the one element of those movies who isn't currently like trending and popular. So he was expendable. There were very few new fans. Neve Campbell is trending and popular. Apparently not enough for the producers to meet her quote. They they didn't pay her. Uh, yeah, next. well, so there you have it. Yeah. Well, obviously, in the tradition of Scream 2, he will appear in 6 in video footage. I'm, <laughs> that's a not video. a joke. It will happen. I hope so. Oh, uh, my God, I hope so. And, Johnny, to your point, maybe it's because Hannah and I just recorded an episode on Resident Evil 6, <laughs> but here's my take on any franchise where you have canonical cloning. Kill whoever the fuck you want. And then just bring them back if <laughs> no, they come that's back. Very true. Great point. Great point. Yeah, they've been talking about bringing back Matthew Lillard since like Scream One. Like and he's they, just alive. And wait, no, I'm talking about he, Jurassic Park, not Scream. I'm saying there's cloning in <laughs> Jurassic Park. Bring kill people off, and then if you want to bring them back, be like we we mazied them. But we before we move past the beginning of this movie, I do want to say <laughs> there is just a funny line in the novelization where they're arguing about whether they can keep Maisie in the cabin, even though she wants to keep leaving or whatnot. They're worried that people are hunting her, and they're right. Uh, and at one point, uh, he... Uh, bu- 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 I lost it. Hold on. Oh, here we go. Uh, we can't keep her here forever, Claire said. Sure we can, Owen said unreasonably. <laughs> it is unreasonable. Judgmental yeah. writing. I love it. I mean, I have to do uh, another thing that sucks about Jurassic World 1 is that Claire is punished for not being very interested in being a mom. And her arc over these three movies is like, I love being a mom. I can't wait to be more of a mom, which is sick. But apparently (laughs) a bad aunt, because whatever happened to those kids? Yeah. They're with Judy Greer and whoever the father was. Somebody. Oh, they saved their marriage? Uh, It was uh, the guy from the office. It's just like, in general, I'm pretty sick of storylines that are like, women only have value as mothers. And if they don't embrace being mothers, they're bad people. And we're just like living in that moment right now. And so I didn't really need it here, too. Unavoidable, maybe, because we started from a place of unbelievable sexism. But like, felt bad. Even Chris Pratt has no character in this movie. He never did. He never did. But it's like even less so than in the past. It's kind of shocking how little anyone has to do. Like, I went to the restroom at one point during this movie twice actually because i was so bored i thought peeing sounded more fun (laughs) and i heard the top gun anthem coming out of the theater next door and i almost just went in that must have been tantalizing yeah there's something pavlovian about that bell (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, so I feel like this movie makes Owen Grady like in some ways stupider than he has been in other movies. And that's good. Like the part, there's a part where he has the baby dinosaur strapped to his back and everyone else is like, dude, what's your fucking problem? And he's like, what? What about it? Yeah. That was very star lord in that moment. Yeah. I I mean, like, uh, I think in general, Owen Grady is too much in the middle. Like he's trying to hit all the bases of being likable, but being like a rogue. He should either be a total shitbag or he should be like the nicest veterinarian who ever lived. <laughs> and because he's neither of those things, he's just not interesting. And he's Chris Pratt, so he sucks. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I don't like Chris Pratt in general, but I do feel like on the Chris Pratt scale, this is at the bottom. It's the emptiest, yeah. most most vapid portrayal that he's got. Um, did you see the-, the Tomorrow War? I mean, b- no, worse than that. Of course that. not. Yeah. <laughs> okay, of course I didn't see that. Johnny, the pa- the Tomorrow War's bad, but yeah. in it, he's trying to be Tom Hanks. Like, he's very specifically yeah. trying to be like, I am a relatable family man character, whatever. He has, like, a take on it. that His Jurassic World performances are just like, I am here. I am putting my hand up in front of a dinosaur. Like, I don't have a read on that character at all. He rarely ever even seems scared or nervous or he's just present. And I want to be clear, he's a bad Tom Hanks, but I can tell that's what he's trying to do, which immediately elevates it over this for me. Um, The weird thing about this plot, I think, is that it's got these two groups of characters. The ones from Jurassic Park. So, uh, Johnny, just to, to basically paint this in broad strokes... Maisie and Blue's offspring get kidnapped uh, by Campbell Scott. Maisie is the offspring. Wait, wait, hold no, on. No, I said Ma- Blue's offspring. Oh, I thought you said Maisie and Blue's offspring. Me too, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, you left something Maisie, out. If the Maisie clone girl is mating with Blue. This is, okay. it's a crazy scene, and I've been trying to wash it out of my brain for days. Um, <laughs> no, so Blue's offspring and Maisie Lockwood. Is that her name? Uh, okay. <laughs> they yeah. get kidnapped and, and Campbell Scott has them. And and the way these two plots converge, which they barely do, is that uh, Ellie Sadler and uh, Alan Grant are like, hey, we think something is going on at Biosyn. We think that they created these locusts that are ravaging all Ramp plants. Here, yeah. except- and they're very big locusts. Huge, 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 huge. Uh, they're like, we think that they created these locusts that are ravaging everything except biosyn crops. So we're going to use our connection with Alan Grant, who not Alan Grant, Ian Malcolm, who works at biosyn to go and like try to bust this. And then Maisie is captive there. And Chris Pratt and Bryce are trying to get there to get her. So that's like how the plots come together. My take on this is you can just fully lift either plot out. And it's a movie. They barely mm-hmm. intersect. I mean, they they plot-wise they do, but they, they don't really have anything to do with each other. Uh, so I have a question. Now, has Dodson just been an agricultural mogul this whole time? Uh, because I, I want to traject... Uh, find a trajectory for his plan from the first movie in the first movie i thought the idea was well he wants his own dinosaur park so he hires nedry to steal the uh the the you know the embryos and all uh 
or, or you know, he, he's going to make pets or maybe even then uh, the idea of like, oh, we'll sell them to the military, which I don't think is mentioned in any of those early movies. It is a major component of the John Sayles script for three that never happened. But uh, and then the new trilogy, that's everything or that's uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's plan in world is like, hey, we're going to you know, we're going to set these things loose in Afghanistan and uh, they're, they're, they're going to clear out the caves and yay, yay, America. Uh, now, and so what does Dodson want to do now? Now that dinosaurs are everywhere, it's easy to capture one. It's easy to clone one. What What is his plan other than destroy all the crops? So everyone has to plan buy actually corn? has nothing to do with dinosaurs. Hmm, right. The dinosaurs are coincidental. That's not right. his Dodson, plan. He just wants money is to control the world's food supply to just become the richest man alive basically yeah and okay. i'm if i'm remembering from the novel the lost world hannah dodgson mm -hmm. is the arliss howard surrogate in that book mm -hmm. i think i yes. think, think dodgson so. is the villain because hammond is dead in the book Jurassic mm -hmm. yes Park, as is ian malcolm though he's the main character of the, the sequel um, well, hit the rumors of his death were grossly exaggerated. <laughs> but so it's not Hammond's son or nephew or whoever it is. It's Dodgson is in charge of that. Hammond sounds right. Yeah, I think so. I read it so long ago, but that uh, certainly oh, makes more Jen. sense than Hammond having an evil, greedy son. Yeah, now Dodgson's plan is to control the food supply. And while he's at it, he gets to have the dinosaur park he always wanted, though the movie doesn't get into that at all. And maybe he recovered the dinosaur embryos. Yes, he does point. have the Barbasol can. He has can. the Barbasol can. Oh my god! It's really uh, yeah. It's, it's uh, it, that's the point of the movie. Like it went and from being boring and awful, and then it tilts into unacceptably yeah. annoying. It would be one thing if he just had it in his office, but when he leaves to run away and then eventually get killed. He takes it with him, and guess what kills him, Johnny? Uh, but what, what oh, oh, that Dilophosaurus has to kill him yeah. because that's the, he, he's yeah. attracted to people with that can. Uh, but it's a trio <laughs> of Dilophosaurus. I mean, well, I love Dilophosaurus is more than almost any other dinosaur. Here's, here's was glad thing. to see them, but like, boo! State dinosaur of Connecticut. I live right next to Dinosaur <laughs> State Park. Uh, <laughs> next time you're here, Hannah, we'll go look at the life size models. Um, I just think it's funny because I've already seen this on the internet. People keep talking about how most of the dinosaurs in the Jurassic World movie that are species we recognize are the same dinosaurs from the first movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think we're supposed to be like, it is that Dilophosaurus and its buddies all grown up killing Dodgson. Just like 50-year-old dinosaurs. Because there's even people being like, oh, do you know the, the family of T-Rexes we see at the end of this movie are the T-Rex family from the Lost World? That's like so people are, stupid. Or a new generation, at least, maybe. I, I don't know how long dinosaurs live. Yeah. And, I think a long time. They're big. Uh, so I have like, to go back to the Barbasol can just for a moment. Because yeah, ever since that first movie, all I would ever hear from people is like, oh, that Barbasol can, that's your sequel right there. They have to go back and get that. And No, the embryos die. They go bad. Yes, it, there is a line in the first movie from Dodson saying there's enough coolant there for, I think he says, 48 hours. 
So it's like, unless the, the first sequel is going to take place a day later and like, oh, quick, let's go back and find it. I, it's just absurd. Uh, I, I remember when uh, this first Jurassic World movie was first announced, everyone said like, oh, that Barbasol can, eh? We're going to see that. Like, why? Why Why does it matter? <laughs> it, it was buried in a mudslide. You never need to see the Barbasol can ever again. It, it's 48 hours. That's all that lasted. And also- It's a it's, red herring and it's, a, it's an ironic hubris thing. Yeah, I mean- It's like thematic. It's not actually a plot point. Like, let it go. BD Wong is a human Barbasol can. He, he all, you don't need the can of embryos. You just need the guy who knows how to clone a dinosaur. And, and make I, boy, would ones. he love to clone more dinosaurs, that sicko. I can clear this up for everyone. So first of all, <laughs> I just want to say that uh, casual viewers such as myself should be forgiven for not even knowing that was the guy from Jurassic Park until after the movie. I was like, new villain. He's cool. Best part of the movie. Um, he's good. Campbell Scott's pretty good. Uh, the Barbasol can. This Campbell Scott in this role is completely clean shaven. He so obviously shaves every day. It's a normal Barbasol can. We never see the inside. Moving on. Oh, okay. It's just the image no, it's of not. it. It's, like, it's not like no. I need my secret dinosaur embryos no it is the thing i mean it's, it's a pretty it's, it's like definitely the same up. it's been like broken and his life mud still his life is in danger at the end he <laughs> takes the barbasol can because he goes i gotta get out of here alive and of course i shave at 7 15 every morning to keep this baby old man face Oh my god, it's so funny. I love it. So at one point they turn off the power at the end of this movie so that they can reset something because that's what they did in the first Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And Campbell Scott's like sitting in his little like zoomy car that goes underneath the in the ancient amber mines because the dinosaur preserve is also an amber mine. Of course. And he just like when it just like slows down and like turns off, he just has like the most understandable annoyance in his performance. <laughs> I'm just like, I kind of like this guy. I I like him. He's good. I think in all three of the Jurassic World movies, I've liked the villains more than the hero. Like, I think Rafe Spall. Oh, it's Rafe Spall. Rafe Spall in the second one, who is awesome and I think should not die. I don't think he earns it. He's just kind of a douchebag. I kind of love him. Is Buffalo He does a murder, but whatever. Yes, he is. Yes. Yeah. uh, Ted Levine. And uh, and then uh, uh, Toby Jones, I guess, is the are are the. Yeah. Toby Jones is also there. Who's great. Does get chomped. I completely forgot um, about Rafe Spall in that. Dodgson is so funny. The first time we really meet him, he's like talking to Alan and Ellie, and he just like trails off sentences he's left, like, right, Do you and have center. One of snacks? He loves is always snacking. This guy's great. Hannah, he's just like a that... bucket of affectations. I'm into it. Like when it happened, I'm in so the, into it. In the when it happened in the theater, when when so Johnny uh, Campbell Scott is basically like to to Ellie and Alan is is saying. Uh, welcome to our uh, preserve. I'm so happy to have you. You're you're famous, blah, blah, blah. But he just seems very scatterbrained. And at one point in the middle of his introduction, he turns to Ramsey, this character that's in this movie. And he's like, <laughs> um, uh, do, you, do you have one of my bars? I'm quite hungry. And Ramsey's like, no. And he's like, okay. And then he keeps talking for a while. And then he's like, so anyway, uh, you know, uh, after you go on the tour and... Um, and then he just like wanders off, which is great. <laughs> it's a great like neurotic performance. But is it also proof that there was something else going on in another draft? Were his bars a thing? 
<laughs> I mean, he is always eating to a level that you're like, is he suffering from a lysine deficiency? I thought there was going to be a twist where he was like, I take these bars because of genetic blah, blah, blah. Right. Or something. Well, yeah, it he... feels like there should be. It's just like Campbell Scott showed up and was like, I made a bunch of choices. And Colin Trevor was like, oh, man, no actor's ever done that with me before. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... But and his facility kind of looks like the base from No Time to Die. <laughs> it like does. it's got like a garden of death and like weird underground silos and things. When the um, yeah, he's we're, fun. We're, we're jumping all around, which is fine. But when the, <laughs> when the uh, transport thing, they have like a little tube train thing in in this preserve. When it shuts down and and our heroes have to get out at a random point in the mines. It's the most the amber mines. I'm on a Disney ride thing <laughs> I've ever seen. I felt like I was yes. on Pirates of the Caribbean. Complete with B-movie monsters. But Andrew, no. on Pirates of the Caribbean, the pirates don't get up and eat people. Hey! I, hey. But it, 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 the way it's framed, it's like this car, this train car stopped perfectly so that you could view this nice little pond mine thing we made. It has such the oh, feel Andrew? of like a stop on a ride. You may remember that Dodgson says, stop them in the mines where they'll get eaten by the underground B-movie monster dinosaurs. He puts them there on purpose. Oh, I get that. I'm just saying it's like a <laughs> no, in a way where it feels like it is. It feels like an attraction as opposed to a mode of transportation. For sure. And it, what if it was? What, that why would scene made me very angry because we see a fin in the water and I was like, give me the Spinosaurus. Like, the uh, the dinosaur uh, that just decided they could never have in a movie again, but was really cool mm-hmm. in Jurassic Park 3. But instead, it's like something from, like, The Lost World 1917. Yeah, like it, I love them. I, like, a major complaint with this movie is I think everything's too dark, like many movies these days. Mm-hmm. Could not follow the action at yeah. all. It all takes place at night. It's very murky. And this is a sequence where I was like, I want to see Sam Neill wrestling with a big ass lizard <laughs> with a fin. Like it is a rodent of unusual size. Like I want to watch that more than anything. And I couldn't see jack shit in those scenes. I love these dinosaurs. I uh, I enjoy any part of this universe that addresses that they're in an alternate Jurassic Park reality. Uh, I don't remember if this is in the movie, but in the novelization, w- we get the version of the scene from Jurassic Park 3 where Alan Grant is reintroduced. Uh, so in in th- Jurassic Park 3, of course, he's like talking to the kids about dinosaurs. It kind of happens again, but at least in the novelization, it's probably in the movie too. Does, it, does the kid quip at him in the movie? No, the kids are all just on their phones because dinosaurs aren't cool anymore. Right, and the one kid goes, yeah, dinosaurs, I know all about them. They've been around since the 90s. <laughs> which is i wow. think of a, a, a flourish on the part of david lumen which really made me laugh that these kids are like i'm 14 this has been a reality for my entire life i don't care that you found fossils right it's kind of crazy that he's still doing that i mean this movie he gets the line which i feel like is maybe in three as well where he's like digging is real science the things at Jurassic Park are not real dinosaurs. We'll only ever know the truth by digging. So he gets to repeat that in this movie. And then the rest of the movie is like, that's not true, man. Give up. But that's, but also. Which sucks. Like, I don't think that's the attitude we should have. I think he's just sad because he never got to be with Ellie Sattler. 
Okay. Don't get me started on that. Well, okay. Yeah. The, we can, I mean, like, yeah, I want that. Don't worry, kiss, but Johnny, like, her marriage, her right, marriage well, has dissipated. Oh, no. They were so happy. <laughs> and she had another kid, and they're both out of college. Okay. The maturity of their relationship in three was too much for Trevorrow to handle. He, like, couldn't deal with, like, adults being friends. He also couldn't start the movie off with them still being friends. They had to have, like, not seen each other. Yes, that that yeah. annoyed me from the jump when I saw that in the trailer where they, they're really making this moment of like Ellie, Alan and seeing each other. And I'm like, wait a minute. Are, aren't you the godfather to her kid? Don't you two have dinner all the time? Like, what the hell is going on here? I mean, that is why are we acting like Jurassic Park 3 time. didn't exist? Yeah. Alan, and if you Chris. could be like, boy, we really <laughs> we didn't stay in touch with Ian Malcolm. We would all understand yeah. that. Okay, but like you guys worked together before you had the most traumatic experience of your lives mm -hmm. twice. So like, keep in touch. It's crazy. That's another really? thing that like I, I know that so much of this new franchise and and certainly this movie is based on the nostalgia of getting these three characters together again. Oh, we have to get our beloved three characters. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that we do not love all of these characters individually. But you know they barely share the screen together in the first and only That's what movie I was gonna say. that they're in There's, together. It's probably, it's really just that one scene yeah. at the table. It, they're, they're there when everything's is... going right. And as soon as things start falling apart, they all separate. Uh, we think that Malcolm is dead for the longest time. Well, not that long. Uh, but this yeah, Alan doesn't see about. anyone else until the end of the movie. He's with the kids. Uh, Jurassic Park is a flawless movie, except... Each of our three main characters have totally like divorced plots yeah. and no one ever speaks to Ian Malcolm as a human being. <laughs> like he has one scene with Alan Grant where they talk to each other about each other and they have a very interesting dynamic and then you never ever see it again. And then he... this movie does the exact same thing except they never speak directly one-on-one -on -one to each other about anything. Well, they had to talk about the locust. They had to fit in all the locust plots. <laughs> it's always about the locust with you, Andrew. Johnny, at one point in this Get movie- Get rid of the locusts, cut them so... out. Because Campbell Scott has all these weird things throughout the movie where, like, he's like, hey, someone's flying in here. He's like, I guess we can let the dinosaur birds kill them if we turn I off the anti-air I actually love this thing. scene. Can I talk about this scene for a second? Sure. So there's so many scenes in movies where people are trying to sneak in and they come up with some excuse or they find a way to pass or whatever. And they're like, oh, I'm landing. I'm a, oh, you know, it's a, it's an old code, but it checks out. That sort of thing. There's a scene in this movie that I do like where the pilot who is helping them for reasons unknown is trying to fly them into Biosyn's lair. And Campbell Scott's like, who's flying in? And his like assistant is like, I don't know, some, some flight. And we think that there's like unauthorized passengers on it. And they're trying to charisma their way through it. And they're going like, oh yeah, we're here. We have supplies. And Campbell Scott just keeps being like, no, you can't land. And they're like, no, but like, there's a misunderstanding. Like, we have an excuse, and he's like, "We will shoot you down." And they're, yeah. they're like, "No, come on, come on, buddy." And there, I kept there's expecting... even a whole thing about she's like sleeping with the air traffic control person or something. No, there. We, yeah, it's, it's not clear what the lie there is or what the blackmail there is, right? I think they had they like a relationship date. or something. Why would one hundred percent? They used to date. I don't know because. Campbell Scott wants a celibate office like his dinosaurs. <laughs> I mean, the pilot says something to Miss Air Traffic Control that's sort of like, you Denise. wouldn't want your boss to hear about Majorca or whatever. And it very, it flusters her. Yeah, I thought that she like. And maybe if crime. Campbell Scott wasn't <laughs> like. 
There's hovering no over her shoulder she might be like oh my ex-girlfriend sure come on in we banged so hard i passed out <laughs> like i don't know i think this is a very strange assumption i i my read on that was that the pilot is a person who says that she will work for anyone uh, you know as this long sounds as super heteronormative yeah. Andrew. Yeah, Andrew, this is 2022 be, i just think it's a weird they were movie. having an exclusively gay moment in this movie <laughs> doesn't, it, doesn't it make more sense though that like She's like, I work in illicit dealings, and I know that you have done so too. And that's the that's a blackmail I'm holding over. Maybe you. it does, but that's not what's happening it's in this scene. I'm just telling you. Moment. I mean, I think they get together when the movie's over. They do flirt again at the end of the movie, but they have already. I don't know. It seems so clear to me that these were people who have banged. And it, you know, now it's a little awkward. Okay, I've never banged. I don't know what that's like, and I don't know what people look like when they've done it. So, <laughs> one thing about this novelization that I really like is I feel like it brings us back to the original Jurassic Park novelization that we read in season one of this podcast. In who could forget how it is just obsessed with onomatopoeia, and so mm. when Delacorte the um the poacher of mean poacher yeah who steals Maisie and uh, uh show respect rain delacorte rain yeah, rain delacorte Delacort. which I, I, i'm very obsessed now that we've talked about how the plot works with the idea that campbell scott sent delacorte to kidnap these two people slash dinosaurs and as hannah pointed out they're like completely unrelated crimes <laughs> they're just not part of the same plot he's like i want the clone girl for one thing i want the dinosaur for another thing it's whatever um anyway and he doesn't need to kidnap that dinosaur because it's just in the wild yeah and his job is to get predators into his park instead he chooses to do a complicated kidnapping scheme here's delacorte's death it's a uh... <laughs> rip delacorte's pants legs tore freeing him from the dinosaur's bite. He started to run off, but the uh, Baryonyx got yes. to him before he could escape. Chomp. That's his death. Chomp. That's it. Mm. Can we oh. say what happens in the movie? Because in the movie, his arms, his two hands and arms get bit on by different dinosaurs, and then a different dinosaur eats his head. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. It's brutal, yeah. In this one, it, it just says chomp, and then it says, Owen oh, looked away from the carnage. Can we talk about the dinosaurs in this movie? There's dinosaurs our, in it? Our new friends. What did we think of? Because they introduce... I mean, there's the... Not, it's weird because there's so many dinosaur sequences that I think it undermines any of the new dinosaurs seeming that interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, there's Same this one... The characters. Too many. There's one that's like... so. To follow the series of events, once we get out of Malta and to this island, they're in their plane. They take down the air the air defense system so that like all the aerial dinosaurs can attack them, which causes like Bryce Dallas Howard to eject and end up in the jungle where there's a different dinosaur, which I have no clue what this thing is. It's like the, the a ostrich dinosaur that has like very sharp pincher things. And maybe it's blind. Did you get that sense? It has it has to be blind because it can't. It's listening for her and smelling her, right? Right. But is, I thought that it's established in this universe that they don't have very good eyesight. That's true. This is one of the best that's sequences true. in the movie, right? 
is yeah yes. but it's divorced from the rest of the movie totally like but if you clipped it out it's good but it makes no Johnny sense basically what uh bdh uh lands after ejecting from this plane and there's dinosaurs around because you know and she uh escapes this dinosaur by going into a pretty dirty looking pond and just submerging herself the dinosaur puts its snout right above the water and it's like, I can't smell or hear anything, so I'm out of here. And it takes off. And it's probably like three minutes long. It's very tense. Here it is in the novelization. Really made me laugh. Before she could unbuckle herself, Claire saw a 20-foot-long dinosaur with feathers and long claws emerge from the woods. The Therizinosaurus passed by Claire, inches from her head, and struck the deer like lightning. But it didn't eat the carcass. It began to feed on the vegetation the deer had been eating. The herbivore was protecting its territory. Claire slowly released herself from the harness and dropped to the ground. The Therizinosaurus heard her and turned, searching. Crawling across the ground, Claire reached the muddy pool and slipped in, submerging herself. The dinosaur hissed and left. Now, hissed and left just really made me laugh because it's such a big moment in the movie. And in the book, it's just like, she got in the water. It worked like a fucking charm. Dino out of <laughs> so there. It's just like a very angry herbivore. Yeah, I mean, I even think a so, herbivore yeah. is uh, something You think to be she would know this being with. the person in charge of Jurassic World? It um, Which is the dinosaur that Colin Trevorrow Wait. said he wanted to be the Joker? <laughs> is it <laughs> this one? <laughs> I don't know about this. I can't imagine it's this one. It's got to be the Giga... Giga 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 I was trying to figure it out because it doesn't make any fucking goddamn oh, sense. Oh, it's to probably say that. the one the the pyroraptor that goes underwater and can also fly. What? That's in one scene. Okay. The only reason I think maybe this one is you see this dinosaur and you're like, oh, I guess it's gonna eat this deer in the woods, and it doesn't eat the deer. It just like bashes it to death and then eats plants. And I was like, that's just motiveless malignancy. So maybe that's it. But again, all of these dinosaurs that we haven't seen before, like the fuzzy raptor or this big ostrich Scott pokey guy or the gigantosaur are in like one scene each. Then maybe we see them at the end and that's it. And you know what the original Jurassic Park does so well that makes it easier to understand this? It has exposition scenes that are on the tour. So even though we Mm -hmm. as people don't know what a Dilophosaurus is going into Jurassic Park, the movie explains why they're bad, what they do, all these things. We never get a name on any of these dinosaurs even in the movie. Well, he does have that moment where he goes like, is that a dreadnoughtosaurus? It's pretty much the only and one. And they're like, no, it's a gigantosaurus. <laughs> no, it's and a we're like, great, dinosaur. I don't know either of those. Oh, There's Jesus one where Christ. Grant is like, is that a dreadnoughtosaurus? And they're, they're like, yup. And he's like, awesome. <laughs> That's like this movie's version of of the sh- the shot from Jurassic Park of them seeing all the dinosaurs for the first time. That's Trevor's take on wonder is a character being like, is that cool as hell? Nice. Um, <laughs> There's also a, a moment where Laura Dern takes off her sunglasses in the same way that Alan takes off his sunglasses in the first movie. Ugh. That makes no sense for her at all. Like, there's no reason for her to do it that mm-hmm. way. It's just like a visual reminder. And it made me mad. Made me super mad. Would it, you be less mad if then Alan like slowly rose from a Jeep mouth agape? So they like traded their little reaction shots. I would be double mad, oh, okay. actually. <laughs> it's lazy. Alan's it's... like, I'm married to someone in the State Department. It's like a full swap. I know who to call for help. <laughs> I've got a question for you, Andrew. Hi. Does Ian Malcolm's rant when he gets fired make it into the novelization in any form? 
Yeah, yeah. He says he, and I was shocked because he says a pretty similar thing where he uses the word cachet, and I was like, for children, (laughs) children are going to read the word cachet and pronounce that. Um, But I that's a shop at the mall. That's one of the things I like about this novelization is uh, Lumen really writes it in a way where he's like, they're not going to get everything, but they're going to get everything. Like, you don't need to know the word cachet to know how he's using it, you know? Who was um, reading a junior novelization in 2022? Children. Children Smart kids. kids have iPads. Kids who like to read. This. <laughs> uh, Good, you're the only one of us who can. Mark. I have a question for the group about Ian Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Did he take the job at Byerson exclusively to be a mole? No. Because he doesn't like them or respect them. I think he took it for money. He seems to. Okay. He's, I, I think uh, he also likes chaos. Well, here's the thing, though. If you were on the first Jurassic Park island, do you ever have to work again? The settlement must have been through the roof. Not and to he mention was injured. So yeah, not to mention book sales. Like, come on. Like, why does anyone need a day job anymore? If you were at the Jurassic Park island. I agree. Yeah, that, that's where all Hammond's money ends up. I mean, I, that's even a, a thing in the books is that like uh, Hammond's family, I think, in, Dra- in Lost World book is bankrupt because uh, of all the payouts. Lots of people got eaten. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like we're introduced to Ian Malcolm in the movie and he's giving a lecture on like responsible genetic manipulation. And basically he's telling all these young people like, don't fuck it up. You dumbasses. What you're doing is immoral inherently. And you have to be aware of that. And then when he gets fired, his speech is basically like, you used me to make yourself seem like you had something decent to do, but you have nothing decent to do. And you never did your bad people. So like, what is he doing there? Why would you take money from these people? If he's not there exclusively to, like, get the end. Hannah, I really felt like it was one of the things the movie did well because Malcolm seems like the shallowest and maybe, not to say he's a bad (laughs) guy, but he seems like the least morally shackled of the three Jurassic Park leads. And I thought that his situation was basically, okay, now not only do I live in a world where Jurassic World is a thing, like they really opened the park, but now in number three, I live in a world where Jurassic World is a thing and 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 world is ju- Jurassic now, because they got out, is my point. And so mm-hmm. I think that he basically is like, I like money. I like attention. He has five kids. I have five kids. I like attention. I, I like... I, I I like being like it's sort of in an academic setting. I, I, this is just the world we live in now. We're not going to undino the world. So I'm going to take a position in that. And then it okay. is a mistake. I, I and I just but I believe that he makes that mistake. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, it does make sense. Thank you. If they handed that to Grant as a plot, I'd be like bullshit. <laughs> mm hmm. Since you've said Trevorrow's name three times now, I'm sure he's like going to appear any minute and kill us all. Uh, Or read from his uh, Rise of Skywalker (laughs) script. Well, (laughs) uh, this is my question. It's like, 
I, I know this film is going to be insanely profitable, but critically, it's just getting drubbed left and right. Uh, is his reign of terror coming to an end? Like, are we ever going to like see a world where he stops getting handed franchises uh, just because he happened to be at the helm when one inevitably made money? Uh, you know, he already got fired off of Star Wars. And, uh, you, you know, I, I hope that this movie puts an end to all of that talk of like, well, if they had shot the Trevorrow Rise of Skywalker, then it would have been amazing because, I, well, I mean, well, they, they shot the Trevorrow Dominion. So here's what well, happens. Wait, why did he come back to this franchise? Was it because he didn't do Star Wars? Was it because... I, I think that he didn't do fallen kingdom because he was prepping star wars and then but he, he got wrote let... and produced fallen yeah I was gonna he say wrote it yes he, he was never franchise. yeah he was never fired or he didn't leave he was always acting as producer and after losing star wars that freed him up to make this movie and i'm sure you know the more books of henry's i think this is a better movie than rise of skywalker not that that's a necessary yes. discussion to have I just think that this has like enough juice and enough new ideas and the new ideas kind of suck, but it's like it's doing a lot of stuff which I do I do admire. Sure. It's jam-packed with stuff. It's also just not undermining the previous so movie as exhausting. much as Rise of Skywalker is. Yeah, yeah totally. I I, I it is a sequel for better or worse to Fallen Kingdom in some regard. Yeah, if Trevor had directed Rise of Skywalker and written his script, uh, I imagine it would not have been uh, bad like the Rise of Skywalker we got. It would have been bad in a whole new ways that we can't even imagine. Uh, and it sounds like this is an example of this. Like this being more fun than Rise of Skywalker, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I mean, there's Pretty a low bar. Yeah, exactly. It, you don't, well, I didn't it's say not, fun. Oh, okay. It was better. A, I think uh, it's just a better movie. Yeah. It is shockingly boring. It's, it's really freaking boring. I mean, I wrote in my letterbox review, it's not the longest movie I've ever seen, but it objectively is. I, I've never <laughs> wanted to leave with like 40 minutes left more. You know, it was just such a drag. And nobody in yeah. the theater reacted to any of the what you might call cheer moments at all. When the dinosaur, at one point, the original Tyrannosaurus Rex, because this movie has the exact same ending as Jurassic World. Where two dinosaurs fight mean dinosaur. Um, yeah. The T-Rex walks by it like a circular art piece oh and is God. like in profile. And you're like, hey, that's the logo from Jurassic Park. It no made me cheered. want to walk out of the theater. It no one guys... cheered when any of the legacy characters came on. There was none of that. You guys nope, say same. that, but you fucking love it when Daniel Craig does the little shoot down the barrel bullshit. It's a no, that's different. I just want him to do a gun barrel at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> That's part of the deal. This is just like a really craven grab at like, you like it, right? Like it, it's not, that also, never this, happens in any other movie. They don't even reference anything. They're just like being <laughs> noxious. This T-Rex is like Rocky Balboa at this point. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it ostensibly dies in this movie. I mean, it's not the same T-Rex, right? It's back up. Yeah, no, it's the same T Rex. Oh, this but, is the T Rex from movie one. But it's there's there's crazy. more than one, right? I mean, there've been a few T Rexes. No, the T Rex yep, that goes to San Diego isn't the T Rex from the first movie. Correct. Right. I think it's the T Rex that is in one world and Fallen Kingdom in this. Okay. Yeah, and then two and three are the same T Rexes. Oh, or no, a, maybe there was a third T-Rex in three because that T-Rex dies. 
Mm, yeah. yeah, big time, big time. Yeah, basically, <sighs> the the T Rex and the aggressive herbivore veggie take down. They take down the villainous the, dinosaur, which. The other two ones, the dinosaurs were much more villainous, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they were also a Yeah, this- I mean, the Indominus Rex is, like, a nasty creature that eats everything. The Indoraptor is just a gnarly bitch who wants to eat a child, which I respect. I love her. And then these villainous dinosaurs are just dinosaurs who show up a couple of times. They aren't even doing anything that bad. They're not even like the raptors from one where they've eaten like six of our heroes and you want them to get thrown across a room. Right. We never see the bad, big bad. We don't see any of the dinosaurs on this island because the only person who dies, not on the island, in the preserve is Dodgson. I think so. Yeah. Which is crazy to think that he's the only casualty of the third act of this movie. There's just like no stakes. I can't believe so many people make it. You never feel worried because there's never nobody even gets hurt. No dinosaurs even really get hurt. Like when that dinosaur falls out of an airplane early in the movie, they make a note to show it land in the water. (laughs) I I really wonder hitting concrete. Yeah, I think that thing dies. They are pretty nasty to dinosaurs. They're tasing them. They're hitting them with bats. They're like throwing them downstairs. They also tase a lady. And she says you're supposed to use that on dinosaurs. It's like, yeah. yeah, well, come on, man. We hate you. You're a bad person. The the first half of the movie really overestimates how much I want to see human beings punch each other. Like, there's a lot of hand-to-hand fighting in the first half of the movie that I was like, no, someone should be punching a dinosaur right now. Come on. Right. So, okay. Uh, the, the, you know, this is the end of this trilogy. But uh, now tell me, uh, in what way does this leave room for a new trilogy, a new sequel, a new well, something? Johnny, they, how about the fact that they just didn't touch the premise of this movie at all? That there's okay. dinosaurs all Look, over the world. I don't want to yeah. suggest that I'm wrapping up here because I still got things to say about Ian Malcolm. But <laughs> the end of this movie, the very end is identical to the end of Fallen Kingdom and sold as a new product. It's infuriating. Mm. So, you know the end of Fallen Kingdom, the terrible cameo you're talking about where Jeff Goldblum shows up and he's like, the dinosaurs, they're here now, and that's a problem, and we're going to have a movie about it. It's like how the second one ends. And they're showing shots of, like, the you know, there's, like, a swimming dinosaur with surfers, and it's like, oh, this is scary. This is going to definitely be a movie that'll be about that. And then this movie isn't about that, and it ends with another speech about dinosaurs being out in the world with, like, identical shots, basically, of, like, dinosaurs running alongside horses, like, all of this stuff. But instead of the thesis being, holy shit, holy fucking shit, the thesis is, and so we must learn to coexist. Mm. It's infuriating. Not to get get really sciencey about this, because I'm obviously not a scientist, but scientifically... The only reason mammals evolved at all and allowed human beings to exist is because the dinosaurs died, right? Yeah. Like they made room in the ecosystem by dying off and then mammals were able to become bigger and take dominance in in our world ecosystem. And so like the idea that now you could just bring dinosaurs back and dump them into our world and everything like ecologically would just balance itself out is simply just like insane to consider. And that dinosaurs who are used to temperatures that are like on natural, like 30 degrees higher than what we live in now. 
And like, we're climate changing our way back into the Jurassic. I guess that's probably true. But these things are just going to die. And then you're going to have huge monster corpses all over the planet. Like, I'm not sure that these movies have like in any way considered what a world full of dinosaurs would be like. They just like the images. I don't know. It kind of like bugged me in a way that like I should not be bugged by that in a movie. The movie should trick me into being like, oh, great. But it couldn't get me there at all. And so I was like, hmm, science. Hmm." Hannah, I think that that last part, I I really agree with, even though I was ready to take you to task, which is, (laughs) yes, I I mean, I think it's weird to try to scientifically take a Jurassic Park movie to task. But the fact that you're thinking about it, it's because I think the last movie is like, this is the new normal. Then this movie ends Mm -hmm. with, now this is the new normal, but nothing changed. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't have to think about it. The movie should carry me along on my little suspended disbelief, and I should be able to be like, hmm, it would be fun to live with dinosaurs instead of thinking about how ecologically impossible that is. That's a failing of the movie. Or the movie could be like, on top of everything else. The ones that blah, blah, blah would have some negative effect or whatever. But instead, they're just like, they're still out there. Our perspective really shifted. <laughs> Ian Malcolm. It's just a bad movie. <laughs> okay, yes. I just want to give Johnny a, a picture of the type of humor that's in this movie. I can't so, wait. There are just jokes that made me wish I was watching a Marvel film. Ooh. At one point, a character says, I think it's Owen Grady, goes, I worked at Jurassic World. And Ian Malcolm goes, ah, not a fan. Which... I think is supposed to be a jab at the movie, but it's so half a joke that I was just like confused. I was like, is that supposed to be like a meta thing where he's dissing the film Jurassic World? Because it's a weird thing to say. I don't know. What do you think? It's a weird joke for Trevor like, to make. Yeah, it would be weird if this, it would make sense if it was J.J. Abrams saying something akin to that about Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. In this movie, we're like, oh, you know, Last Jedi, not a fan. Colin Trevorrow made Jurassic Park. He made and Jurassic, World. Jurassic World. It's involved in all these. Like, what's going on? I think we did have one of these in a, a recent film. Like, within the last six months, there was a joke that had a, a, a winking diss at the sequel that nobody liked. But, uh, you know, for the life of me, I can't tell you what it was. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think people usually like this kind of joke. They they like to like get that wink, 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 and they they giggle in their little seat and say like, "Oh, I get what this is doing. This is like you know, this agrees with me that that last movie was bad." It's also just tricky because Jurassic World is in the title of the current film, so it's not like it doesn't feel like he's dissing a past entry. It feels like I don't know. I'm still watching one of those. What are you talking about? Um. <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't mention the uh, Laura Dern line. Uh, Andrew or Hannah, would you like to take this? I, I don't think I can stand to. I can't do it. I don't this remember must which be a line doozy. this is. Hannah, it's got to be you. When <laughs> they get to the wildlife reserve and Alan and Ellie are walking around with Ian and they're talking about like, oh, how'd you guys get back in oh, touch? Oh, this is like, when I peed. You I just didn't this. take each other's phone numbers and moment. didn't keep that. Ellie explains that Ian Malcolm slid into her DMs. And he slid Alan Grant has DM. to go like, I'm sorry, what does that mean? And she's like, don't worry about it. 
there's a, there's a series of jokes of Alan Grant being like, what are you talking about? What does that mean? Like, what are these words you're saying? Which I do think some of them are pretty charming. This is the worst and most egregious example. Mm. And also like, what? Literally, you don't have each other's phone numbers or email addresses. You guys are 65. You have each other's email yeah. addresses. You're also You're famous not- public, feeder, uh, public individuals you could email an assistant. Yeah. Yeah, they're probably on a lecture tour together for the longest time, like to, you know, d- discuss their experiences before. Oh, oh God, this, uh. it's. Uh, I mean, that Ian Malcolm has a Twitter. Of course, he does. That that Ellie Sadler has one. Probably not. Probably not. It's so upsetting to imagine a human being that imagines. I'm imagining someone imagining that imagines. A, a crowd seeing Laura Dern say the line, he slid into my DMs, and and assuming that that crowd will burst into laughter. <laughs> like, I'm very upset that that person exists, and it's so miscalculated. I mean, even the most game people in my theater who were loving Jurassic World Dominion did not laugh at the very upsetting moment of her saying, oh, he slid into my DMs. That's a Colin Trevorrow touch. It's not funny. It's not. It's no. it's it, it made my blood boil. Anyway. Has he ever done anything funny in his career? Has he ever told a joke? Uh, it's still one of the great mysteries how he got handed all of these billion dollar franchises based on this one indie uh, uh Safety Not Guaranteed is not the worst movie I've ever seen. It uh, agreed. I, I remember. But like, he doesn't know what he's was, doing at this scale. Yeah, it was it was perfectly fine. But nothing about that movie or so many of these other films that like are are very nice indies are you know suggest like oh yeah please hand the reins over to this person. Like, I think we really lost something when Michael Crichton died. Just like mm-hmm. in the world at large and the way that we handle sci-fi and the way that like things like Jurassic Park are treated like him dying means we're losing all the science parts and all the like weird shit that he would put into his stories that make like Jurassic Park. And even though lost world doesn't really resemble his book, the elements that are there just like make it like just that little extra level of like, Oh, um, which these have none of these are all. Did you, did you see that tweet recently? I, I totally forget who, who it was, but someone tweeted, they were like, I really feel like we lost something when Crichton died because you used to be able to read a book and be like, wow, I just read a book about like a one-armed clown killing, (laughs) you know, CEOs. And by the end of it, I knew about like polymer synthesis. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, Jurassic Park very famously just goes through chaos theory for you. throughout the entire book and by the end you're like i get it i get I'm smart it now <laughs> like, it's great it's cool jurassic world has its own sort of like scientific through line um and i feel like they've just given up on any level of science we're fully into dinosaur fantasy and not like the science was ever real but like you know it just makes it feel a little more authentic mm-hmm. and that helps those movies remain grounded and engageable and these are just like fluff with nothing behind them. Does that mean? No. No, that seems, that's accurate. That seems extremely on point. Uh, I have a series of questions for people if, if you're feeling ready. Oh, I'm sure. ready. Andrew Marco, 
Hi. You have become pregnant with yourself. Good lord. God, if You're I had a lining penny for every time this happened. Viewing material for when a small you that's identical in every way except that it does not have the debilitating disease that you have lucked out um you're lining it up so that you can entertain this child would you pick up a blu-ray of jurassic world dominion a title which we didn't even get into suggests that the jurassic world is that is the flavor of dominion but we don't have to touch that no colon would you pick up this movie to entertain yourself once you've given birth to you? No. This was <laughs> one of the most boring movies I've seen in a long time in a theater. Probably not since The Lion King 2019 if I've been so sort of like miserable at the cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because it's it was so bland. It's like, I love a good bad movie. This isn't that kind of movie. Uh, I think there are moments, Campbell Scott, I, I actually liked some of the Gold Bloom and Legacy character performance moments, but it's two and a half hours long. And it's not even a movie where you'd, I'd want to watch a sequence on YouTube. I just never want to watch it again, and I don't want anyone else to have to watch it. Brutal, but fair. Hannah Blackman. Yo. You have very few memories You are a giant locust who just seems to have come to be. Okay. Would you watch this movie? No. If my lifespan is as short as a locust, I have better things to do than waste two and a half hours of my life on this goddamn movie. And if I am a Galapagos tortoise who lives to be 400 years old, I have better things to do with my time than watch this goddamn movie. It's bad. It's boring. It didn't do any of the things that I might have hoped it would do with our legacy characters. It didn't do anything interesting with our new characters. Didn't do anything interesting with the dinosaurs. I did not enjoy my time at the cinema. I wouldn't have gone to see it in the cinema if not for this episode. And I'm mad that I gave it money. I'm poo poo. I don't like it. So no, I would not. I will never watch any of the Jurassic worlds ever again. They have nothing for me. Wow. Chomp chomp. Yeah. Johnny Pomato. Yes. You are a sad, horny individual in the Jurassic Park world who idolizes... And in this world, Andrew, and in this world. <laughs> who idolizes celebrity... What's her profession? Ellie, Ellie Sadler. She's paleobotanist. Celebrity paleobotanist. paleobotanist Ellie Sadler. You are considering sliding into her DMs because you have heard that she has a copy of the audio of this podcast episode, <laughs> would you reach out to hear us talk to you about this movie you didn't see again? I think we all know the answer to this question. Um, yeah, I uh, <laughs> I have never felt more validated in my choice in all my life than after these past few hours listening to you. And uh, I, I, I initially felt bad that I, I wasn't seeing it, you know, and I had my reasons. Part of it was like, I'm kind of avoiding crowded theaters in New York City right now. And, uh, and then, but mostly I just didn't want to see yet another one of these movies after I knew I didn't like the first two. I didn't think that they were going to turn things around. Hannah, I love your point about that. What we lost with Crichton 
dying is that all the science is gone. Even silly science, even sphere silent science and Congo science is still better than the dumb action in these movies. Amy, I mean, God, I, I would, yeah, I would take a gorilla with a Uzi. Pickle, Amy. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, now I kind of want to watch That's Congo. A classic. My favorite part of it's Congo got Bruce Campbell to... in it and Tim Curry. It's much better than that. myth of killer <laughs> ape is true. I mean, one of my all time favorites. Just to totally interrupt you, my favorite part of Congo is when Amy's on the plane and the plane's taking off. And she starts going, ground, where? Ground, where? <laughs> oh, I, I need to watch this movie again. What are we oh. doing? When's our Congo episode? Ooh, uh, I'm there. I think if we ever do just books that became movies, only Crichton. Mm. We can only do Crichton. <laughs> There's a Everything wealth of opportunities. So, oh, yes, I, uh, I, I I feel great not having seen this movie. And now that I have heard your analysis of it, I don't think I ever need to see this movie. And and I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> Andrew Overby. Hi. You're a paleontologist and you had a real on and off thing with a paleobotanist for a long time. And now it's off. But then you guys hooked back up and you had a fun adventure and you're about to kiss on a runway. But she says... First, I think we should watch this movie, Jurassic Park Dominion, and read the junior novelization. Upon doing those two things, would you still want to kiss her? I would have very different reactions to the two pieces of media that I was given as kissing homework. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion was a, a miserable experience for me, mostly because of the length. I actually didn't find it horribly offensive or uncomfortable to sit through. I was disappointed by it. It doesn't make much sense. It's bland. It's annoying. But really what got me in the end is it's so motherfucking long. It's two hours and 32 minutes that feels like three hours and 32 minutes. It truly, it was miserable. I mean, the, towards the end when the dinosaurs were fighting, I thought to myself, if I wasn't here with three friends... I might leave with 10 minutes left in the movie. I'm so tired. Uh, and I didn't go into the movie with that energy. I went into the movie thinking, you know, hey, uh, it's getting terrible reviews, but I, uh, you know, I'll give it a, I'll give it a fair shake. I'm excited to see these Jurassic Park original trilogy characters back again. Um, and ultimately, the original trilogy characters ranged from okay and a little bit fun to sort of hollow. I didn't even find that I enjoyed the Ellie Allen uh, other guy, Ian, stuff that much. Now, in regard to the junior novelization, it's pretty good. Uh, it's not a triumph. It's not Jurassic Park 3, which I'm in love with as a junior novelization. Uh, it's competently done. It really streamlines like, okay, this girl gets kidnapped. Also... Uh, Ellie and Alan are looking into this place and the two plots converge so quickly because it's a junior novelization that it. if I read this first, I'd go, oh, well, the movie might be bad, but at least it has a, a really tight story. And then I'd just be flabbergasted when I saw it. I mean, it's, 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 it's well done for a junior novelization. I also just want to say, and I'm going to hold this up so everyone can see, it's just a cool book. It's a hardcover. A hardback. This Ooh. is a this is a, the deluxe version. It's a hardcover with the T Rex on the front. It looks really cool. Rar, chomp chomp. It just like even when Does it I have wasn't, pictures. Yeah, there's pictures not from the movie, but in the spirit of 
Jurassic Park Adventures Survivor. It has like this is this oh. sort of dinosaur. This is this sort of I like of to dinosaur. learn. Like oh, okay. oh, it just says blue. This one's okay. Blue. It it does have There's a minor uh, character in this film. Name here we go. Let me let me read a couple of these. So for blue, name means swift thief. I'm assuming that's Velociraptor. Blue the yes. Velociraptor has always been the leader of her pack. This time she is protecting her own clone, Baby Raptor Beta, and teaching her to survive. There's like eight of those, which is really cool. We've got a Demetrodon and a Qua- What's Which one's that one? Demetrodon mm-hmm. is this guy with the Ah, oh, my favorite guy. Yeah, with the, what what do you call that? I love him. Spine? He has like a a fin. He has a fin and like a turtle beak. This guy. A Quetzalcoatlus. Yeah, so let me read that one. Name means feathered <laughs> serpent. Named after an Aztec feathered serpent god, she is the largest flying creature to ever take to the skies. If you're not going to do Ooh. photos from the movie, this is good stuff. This is like really well done. And then at the end of the book, we How have... How often in the novelization do they call the dinosaurs by their scientific names? How often? Yeah, that you might want to reference those pictures to be like, which dinosaurs? Almost this? exclusively. Oh, cool. Yes, it's all like, that's why when I was reading passages, I was stumbling over names constantly. Um, <laughs> th- there's also this poster in the back of the book, which is oh, many that's dinosaurs. Cool. Oh, cool. And that's so much cooler charts. than anything I've heard described in the last two hours. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a size comparison chart for basically every relevant dinosaur. It's very pretty. Uh, I definitely recommend this junior novelization. It's one of the cooler novelizations to just hold in my hand that Mm. we've done in the entire run of the show. And the content is fine. It's good. I think Lumen uh, is a steady hand for all these junior novelizations, even though he doesn't, he doesn't really take any risks. He's just a, he's, he's just very competent. So cool. Well, cool. thanks for doing a bonus episode on a movie none of us wanted to see, everybody. Boy, we did it. We, we sure did it. Uh, to our <sighs> listeners, please rate us. Please review us. Please subscribe to our show. And as usual, I'm going to close out by reading a passage from a classic piece of literature. And I love Ooh. your tweets. Please keep sending your tweets where you try to guess what... Uh, what piece of literature this passage is from. So so here we go. <clears throat> oh no, said Denise. They've gotten into the locust room. Campbell Scott's character walked over to her. <laughs> the locust room? They can't be in there. That's my chamber of secrets. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of exclusively gay moments, did anyone before this movie have like I saw it in AMC and they had like a Pride video that had a, pictures of like prominent queer characters and queer actors, and they had a picture of Henry Wu. And I'm like, <laughs> well, BD Wong is. I gay. know BD yeah. Wong is, but I'm like, 
I was like, did I miss something in the first two Jurassic Worlds? Is he gay too? I think I saw that when I went to see Top Gun for the second time at a Regal, they had a similar thing and they showed Zachary Quinto as Spock. And I had a similar like, is that fair to right. you just have him as an actor? Like I was like, yes, there are many queer actors, but these are not queer characters. Well, I think we all know that June is that magical month in which every corporation <laughs> tries to talk about how much they love gay people and they usually do it rather clumsily. So, you and know, yet Alan Grant and Ian Malcolm never hold hands. What's that about? <laughs> I think they should hold hands when they're on the run from dinosaurs. Why I think that would so- be nice. <laughs> I thought you wanted somebody Alan should to take Ian Malcolm's hand. No. <laughs> I, the, with you. The, the Jurassic Park 3 episode came out like 10 days before this one will come out. And listeners, hold Hannah accountable. She wanted <laughs> Look, Alan to okay. date Billy. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I misheard you. That's inappropriate. They're, they're like colleagues and st- whatever. I if do Alan think Grant- that in that in, in Jurassic Park 3, they should date. In Jurassic Park, Jurassic World 3, Clearly, Billy is no longer in the picture. It did not work out between them. I'm sad. I do get to believe in my heart of hearts that Ian Malcolm is leaving this movie and going home to both Julianne Moore and Vince Vaughn in a wonderful thing, which seems right to me. And I get to hold that because the movie didn't tell me otherwise. Hannah, I'm going to make it my quest to find like 2002 era slash fiction of Grant <laughs> and Billy doing it because it's hard there's to find. no Hannah way wrote it, it. exists. Well, yeah, I, I guess that I'm sure it exists and I can find it in 10 minutes if I needed it. <laughs> but I'm just saying I want character ha- characters to have emotional connections with each other and Jurassic World's Dominion fails on that at every single point. Did you say Jurassic World's Dominion? Yeah, I don't know what this fucking movie's called. What Who does cares? Dominion have to do with this movie? Well, it's, the dinosaurs take dominion over the world. Yes, which oh. arguably doesn't have that much to do with the movie. Um, <laughs> the 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 Billy Grant slash fiction really writes itself. It's like I I saved your hat, I saved your blank, or I found your hat, I found your blank. I, I feel like I could I could rip that out tonight. Just. 